Hello again. It's Julia Zayeta from Taste Bud Traveller and Better Homes and Gardens magazine. Of course, I have with me my co-host of Taste Bud Traveller, the ever-travel tragic Ben Alcock. Hello to you. Hi, Julia. Where are we off to today? Oh, we're going to one of my most favourite parts of the world, uh-huh. which is the west coast of the USA because it's so varied and so beautiful. Very nice. And so many extraordinary things to do and people who are there and places. It's just wonderful. Fantastic. How often have you visited? Uh, look, a few times. And I guess for me, when I think of the west coast of the US, I get this kind of childhood excitement because as a kid growing up about the most exciting thing in the world – was the idea of a trip to Disneyland. You know, if I ever had a friend who went over and went to Disneyland and came back with a, usually like a shoebox full of American candy and bubble gum, that was heaven to me. So I still get those feelings when I think of Did uh, the you go? West Coast have you ever been to Disneyland? I, yeah, I have. Yeah, but I went as a young adult and an, an older adult, never as a child. But um, I've taken my, my children to Hong Kong Disneyland for that same kind of there vibe. But um, yeah, California, amazing. I needed to go for four days and thought, what on earth am I going to do in Disneyland for four days? <laughs> and it was extraordinary how much there was to do. And when I was so excited the morning that I hugged Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> I couldn't believe how excited I was. I thought it's time to leave oh, yeah, right. because I'm now enough. getting caught right up in the psychology of Disneyland. Yeah. Yes, we gets... actually kissed on the lips, Winnie the Pooh and I. That's, you know, one of those things right? in life, isn't it? A I moment. Didn't, I didn't think Winnie was meant to do that kind of thing. Well, Winnie did. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it was Winnie's fault. Yeah, right. But I think beyond Disneyland, yeah. there's so much more that's, that can I say, more beautiful. I've driven from way up north, up up Monterey, Carmel, mm-hmm. all the way down to San Diego, wow. that coast road, yeah. which is just too beautiful for words. And along there is Big Sur, the, yes. the mountain, and the, the, the which you drive off the road and go on to Big Sur. But then there was also the Hearst Castle oh, yeah, that you pull in that was um, extraordinary from that mega billionaire's uh, re- retreat and resort with all those Hollywood film stars that used to go there. Is that sort of 1960s, 70s oh, no. or earlier? Even? Hearst, Hearst would be <clears throat> the, the golden days of Hollywood, oh, which wow. would be okay. the 30s, 40s and probably okay. 50s. Amazing. Um, and then when you go all the way down to San Diego, which is just an extraordinary part of the world as well. But, of course, the West Coast also has Seattle way up in Washington and goes inland a little bit. And I don't know how much to talk to you about because – Every single part of it is extraordinary and that's not even beginning to talk about Los Angeles and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I'm particularly interested in that bit of Monterey coast. So, I've, yes. you know, I've read some John Steinbeck books which are all kind of set in that neck of the woods, Cannery Row and Tortilla Flat. And so I'd love to go and have a look at that. I imagine the food and wine scene is pretty, pretty it's, rich. It's very beautiful and, of course, Monterey right now is very famous because it's the location for Big Little Lies. And if you watch any of that, you'll just see the scenery and where those people live on the beach, and it's too beautiful for words. Right. Um, I spent a lot of time in Carmel as well, um, and in fact, it might have been the time when Clint Eastwood had a short stint as mayor there. <laughs> but uh, uh, just out from Carmel is a place called Pebble Beach, mm-hmm. and Pebble Beach Golf Course is very where famous. I think the president's are very famous. And I don't think I've ever seen anything more beautiful. Um, than just driving around th- that that peninsula there, past right. the golf courts and into the neighbourhoods. The homes were, you just wanted to sit and stay right. and look. Um, America has such a diversity of, of attractions and mm-hmm. beauty and that was just another part of it. But then when you're driving that road, it's very sparse either side and when you get off to the Hearst Castle, you sort of really 
not anywhere amazing, though it's quite a windy road. Mm. And, of course, you get down to the other parts down there in San, San Francisco and California. I have to say a little bit inland is amazing too. Have you been into any of those states? Yeah, I have. So I, you know, went on a bit of a road trip, bit of a jaunt in a sort of vintage Cadillac uh, that we picked up for, you know, an absolute bargain. <laughs> Seemed so too good topless, to be true, and it was actually no, no, no. It, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a rag top, unfortunately. But yeah, we drove from um, uh, LA into uh, Vegas, so kind of pulled into Vegas at nighttime. You know, we could see Vegas, uh, you know, from hour or something before we got there. Just the incredible lights in the night sky over Hoover Dam as well, which was amazing. Um, and then into the Grand Canyon in Arizona, and then even beyond that, down through, uh, down through Phoenix and into New Mexico, which I know is a, a part of the world you're particularly well, uh, passionate I, about. Well, I have a great love affair with the American Indian culture, yeah, um, and those parts of the world are particularly amazing for it. I have to say, Native American Indian jewellery is extraordinary. Right. When you get down there, it's all pretty much Navajo and Hopi and Zuni, and based on. Sterling silver primarily yeah. and the Navajos have a lot of turquoise and coral. It's it's paradise for me. And in Phoenix there's a place called Scottsdale, which is where there are more Indian jewellery shops than anything in the world and right. I think actually that's my heaven on earth. Oh, really? But the thing I think about those parts of the world is the you're out in desert country, which is quite different from somewhere up like Monterey and Carmel and way up in Seattle where it's just green and green mm. and green. And the desert the desert scape I think is extraordinarily grand and beautiful. And I honest, honestly think if you're a traveller, you cannot go to your grave unless you've gone to the Grand Canyon. Oh, it's and, unbelievable, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, and I, I would say that beyond anything else in the world. It's just hard to get your head around the scale of it yes. like, until you walk up to the edge of it right on the rim and stare into that thing. And that, yeah, that that is just, it's just a mega mega um, landform. It's unbelievable. You can't even describe the size of it. Even the word yeah. mega doesn't do no. it. And you can get to the edge of it. You yeah. can go down, I think, on horseback or donkey, which would be amazing and haven't done it. But I've flown through it. In a helicopter? Yes, or, yeah. a little light aircraft. Okay. And it takes you a while to go from one part of it to another. Yeah. And, and you just cannot believe such exquisite beauty while you're doing it. I really yeah. do think you must do that. Yeah. Before anything, before you die, you've got to go to the Grand Canyon. It's a classic bucket um, list. Item. It is classic, yeah. bucket, but I don't think you have to go to Las Vegas before you die. I was never a big fan. You? Ah, uh, it just it's an odd place. I mean, it's uh, it's extraordinary in a different way, totally different Crazy. way. To, uh, yeah, and odd and bizarre and eclectic and eccentric and all those things. So, uh, I kind of feel like you do have to go there, and uh, and even if you just kind of breeze in and take a look, yeah, just to kind of see it for what it is. But it's um, I had it's trouble coming. Place. To, I'm sorry for cutting across you. Yeah. I had trouble coming to terms with being in Venice, yeah, in the desert, or Paris. In, or Paris. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. Yes, or New anywhere. York. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, well, you know, good for you to go because it's quite close to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. See, I would go to Santa Fe well and truly before Las Vegas, which is, um. Full of adobe, yep. adobe buildings, which are just beautiful. And again, the scenery is quite different. You know what America? The amazing thing about America, it's like, it's like an amalgamation of a whole lot of different countries and cultures. It's certainly not one place, is no, it? No. And the thing that strikes me, particularly on the west coast, is how Spanish 
It is? How, yes. much, how much Spanish is written, all the signs and how much is spoken and I mean, that for I think for an Australian visiting the US is probably a bit unexpected for a lot of people. So what about the food? What do you think? Well, so when I think of California and West Coast food, I like instantly what springs to mind is some kind of a hamburger, actually. Some kind the of The ultimate. Yeah, just What about a hot dog? Oh yeah, love a hot dog. But for me the hot dog's are a bit more East Coast, a bit more kind of New York, you know. Stopping at a street side trolley and getting some, oh, some, you haven't some, had a good hot dog in Los Angeles then? Uh, no. So I, I, I'm guessing you're kind of thinking food carts and those kind of no, things. No, it's any, anywhere you want to go. In, oh. in any restaurant you're going to get, get the a hot ultimate. Dog? Oh, oh okay. and you get all those spicy sauces with it if you want yeah. the buns that are fantastic. Describe your hamburger. Oh, it could be anything. It doesn't matter, honestly. But for me, that's the kind of – that's California on a plate and in two hands is just something slapped between a couple of buns and – um. You know, that, that that keeps me going. A lot of really good eating places over there, aren't there, in America? I mean, you can go from you can go from nonsensical, like the biggest hamburger and mm-hmm. the most ridiculous hot dog, to mm-hmm. very beautiful, fresh, extraordinary, wonderful, right up to the minute yeah. food. But isn't that America? I mean, it's yes. everything. Absolutely the extremes of everything. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. You know, we can be having incredibly you know, fine dining degustation in the Napa Valley, for example, with some incredible wines or burgers and soda on the beach in in, Cal- in LA. And then when, mm. you go, when you're in LA, you're sort of in those really rich parts of LA that are just amazing too and you're expecting to see a celebrity yeah. any time and you probably are. <laughs> yeah. One of the most amazing things in LA is um, Hotel California, actually from the Eagles song, mm. which is the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's it's certainly worth visit, and of course, then there's Beverly Hills and touring oh, around that and seeing celebrity them. spotting in in LA. I mean, that's almost a reason to go, right? And I feel like it thrives on that energy. The energy of LA is this bizarre kind of cultural mix of celebrity and wealth, and you know all the things that come along with it. But you know, just to go and sit and hope to spot a Kardashian, for example. <laughs> well, no, there. you know what? Even more important, LA in LA, and and I did this across across from west coast to east coast, margaritas. Uh-huh. And the margaritas in LA, partic- there's um, there's a couple of those places, where you, Mexican places, where you go and get the biggest taco you've ever seen. Uh-huh. And it comes out a little bit in the shape of an amphitheater and it's sort of like the size of a dinner plate. So it's it's all filled. It's, uh-huh. it's not folded because yeah. there's too much in there. Uh-huh. And the margarita that comes out is sort of like in half a bucket. Yeah, I was thinking it's probably be on the larger oh. end of end of things. I went to Dear. a place where we uh, were traveling with some Americans and they said, oh, we've got to go to this place called Burritos As Big As Your Head. And I thought they were joking that that's what it was called. No, that's what it was called. We, we rolled up, drove into Burritos As Big As Your Head. Fantastic. And they were, weren't they? I bet they were, and yeah. delicious. Yeah, yeah. But the margarita's even better. Yeah. They I, get smaller as you get across to New York and then they're pretty much ended up in cocktail glasses. Uh-huh. Nothing. Is that no good in a cocktail no, glass? No, it needs to be no, in a bucket. No, <laughs> no. Because you can get every flavour under the sun, not that right. you want it. Um, but but Los Angeles too, just getting back to the rest of it, what, if, if you just take a road trip in the States and you can go, you can travel any – number of ways, it really is worth considering it rather than just going to those two cities, Los Angeles and San San Francisco. And even if you make them the end part of your trip or the beginning part, but you devote as much time to going out into the other areas of the West Coast, you're never going to be upset. Seattle, have you been up? No, I haven't. 
So you don't even think of that as sort of West Coast, no. but it is. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it's pretty much raining all the time. It's the but Pacific it's, Northwest, isn't it? Yes, it? and it's yeah. green and beautiful. It's the home of Jimi Hendrix. Uh-huh. And beautiful, yeah. extraordinary, amazing. Yeah. Then, of course, you can go up to Alaska. Yeah. And so we get hooked on Los Angeles and San Francisco when there's so much more to yeah. see. So my, my top tip with any kind of road trip like that, say yep. we were driving up the up the coast, um, is a massive mistake we made was sticking to the highways. Yep. So get off the highways, oh, yes. go through the small towns, you know, pull into those little roadside diners. Don't sort of make it a hop between chain hotel to chain hotel. I think it gives you a totally different experience. Well, when we've done it, every time we've done it, we haven't even booked ahead. We just pick a place when we get Love to the it. destination because you might arrive somewhere at three o'clock in the afternoon and decide you want to stay there as opposed to seven o'clock at night. But you just remind me, hiring a car, uh, hiring a car in the states is pretty terrific. Yep. you can get those big buggers, can't you? For yes. Not a whole lot. Yep. You and can just get, be really American. Yeah, you can get the massive kind of people mover. Ideally, yep. you might get something with some wood panels on the side. Oh, that would be yes. particularly good. Yes. Um, or even a convertible. You know, I think doing that that coast road um, in a you know Mustang or something with the roof down. That's that's the way to go. And of course, when you're going through California. Let's not forget Californian wines. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to find out about West Coast wines with an expert. So we can just sit and listen. Great. And because, you know, what? when you're a margarita fan, (laughs) uh, you're not into the wines a whole lot till you get across to New York. But I'm looking forward to that. Plus, talking a little bit more about American food, which is going to be amazing as well. Because whilst we sit on the hamburger and the hot dog and the vast array of things we can order, there's probably some... You know, dishes that we should consider when we're over those parts of the world. Yeah, absolutely. I've got to say, nachos and tacos down there, damn good. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, that's again, that's that sort of, you know, Latin and Mexican influence, isn't it? Big as your head. Burritos as big as your head. Now it's my great pleasure to introduce Soterius Johnson who's the podcast host of Visit California's own podcast, California Now. It's thrilling for us to have you aboard. Soterius, good day to you. Good day to you. Thanks for having me on. Great pleasure of ours and welcome to the show. We're so excited to talk to you about California. Who doesn't love California? And first, (laughs) tell us a little bit about what you do with Visit California. So we have this podcast where I speak with authors and travel experts and chefs uh, about travel in California. Everything from, you know, where the best places to go are, whether you're traveling solo or with a family or, you know, what are the great beaches, what are the up and coming food scenes, um, to even like how to best pack for trips. So it's really, we cover all aspects of travel as it pertains to California, whether you want to, you know, travel and visit the coast or the desert or the mountains, we kind of, we cover all of our bases. Tell us a little bit about other cities other than the ones that we know so well that might be hidden gems that people visiting California should actually make a beeline for. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you know, L.A. is great. You know, there's so much to California, so much more to California than, than Los Angeles. There's diversity. What's great about the state of California is that it's it's large as a state, as states go in the U.S., but there's so much diversity in such a close area. So you can kind of go from, you know, skiing in the mountains in the morning to beach, you know, to a beach day 
in the afternoon because it's only a couple of hours drive away. Um, as far as cities go, I would say one of the hidden gems might be Sacramento, which is where I live outside of Sacramento. It's the state capital, uh, but it's also in the Central Valley, which is kind of like the the, the breadbasket of the state and actually in many ways the breadbasket of the country. Uh, there's so much produce and uh fruits and vegetables that, that are produced here, that the restaurants here uh, have access to fresh, incredibly delicious, uh, anything from lettuces to uh, figs to citrus to grapes to tomatoes. I mean, anything you can imagine is being grown right around the corner. And for, the, for you to be able to get it, we call it the farm to fork capital of the world because you literally can get um, amazing ingredients that chefs do amazing things with. So Sacramento is a really wonderful place. There's also a lot of history in Sacramento from, from the gold rush on. And uh, again, being the state capital, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of culture as well. There are museums and uh, it's just a really wonderful uh, town to explore. That's one. Um, another place might be uh, Bakersfield, which is a little further down uh, south from from Sacramento. Oh, and um, out in the desert country, wonderful driving there. Oh yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and Bakersfield has an interesting history because uh, there was this kind. It, it was kind of the the Nashville of the West. It, it has this really wonderful country music uh, history and heritage. Uh, Buck Owens was from there, and oh. there's a, he's actually built. Yeah, he's built this uh, Crystal Palace. Wonderful kind of Opry-like theater where you can go see live bands and there's a lot of history there. You can kind of see all of his old um, uh, costumes that he used to wear on stage and it's uh, really wonderful. And and another interesting thing about Bakersfield is that there is a, a large Basque community there. So you can get some really wonderful Basque cuisine um, in all these restaurants. So it's a, it's really a, a kind of off the beaten track, a wonderful hidden gem, I think. There would be mar- a marvelous music coming from them as well, I imagine. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's a very the, the the community there is thriving. It's wonderful, and I actually went through there a couple of months ago and was able to uh, stop off at one of the restaurants, and it was just you could tell like the, the restaurant was full of of multi generational families enjoying you know the food, and and you could tell there's it's definitely a vibrant community. Now, um, Soterius, what about the road trip aspects? That's the thing. I, I feel like road tripping is probably the best way to to experience California. I mean, there are uh, great highways, and you know you can drive through deserts, you can drive through urban areas, you can drive through redwood forests. I mean, it's just like the along the coast. I mean, some of the most dramatic driving is along. Uh, the Pacific Coast Highway, which runs almost the entire length of the state up the Pacific with amazing, breathtaking views. Um, so you can really, there, there are many different ways to do it. You can kind of take a direct route, taking a freeway, or you could take a more scenic route, which might take a little longer. But, you know, driving from L.A. to Sacramento, probably if you did it nonstop, I'm just going to guess uh, probably would be something like, I don't know, nine hours maybe or eight hours. But if you're road tripping it, you're definitely going to want to stop along the way, you know, buy some produce at a farm stand, go to a museum, maybe uh, take in a, you know, a show or a concert and just really kind of 
experience how, you know, Californians live their lives. I have to tell you, um, for years, I would fly into Los Angeles with my partner and we would uh, decide what loop, what two-week loop we were going to do as a road trip. We've done actually a couple of road trip podcast episodes uh, that people can listen to. And one of them was from Bakersfield. Uh, We drove north and we ended up in Lodi, which is wine country, which, you know, many of your listeners may not have heard about. I mean, a lot of people have heard about Napa and Sonoma and they're doing great and going strong. But Lodi is also uh, kind of an up and coming wine producing area. Uh, It's been around for a while, but people don't know about it as much. And so you could do that in probably just a couple of days, Bakersfield to Lodi, uh, maybe two or three or four days, depending upon how many, say, wineries you wanted to stop at or, or farm stands and things like that. Um, and Lodi has this wonderful um, burgeoning uh, wine uh, vineyards, and it's just a wonderful place. It's, it's, it's well-known for its uh, Zinfandel, but there is also one winery that I visited that's also well-known for another grape, a uh, French grape called Cinso which is just wonderful. And they have the oldest Cinso grape vines in the country here. And uh, over, I think it's like 120 years old or something. And uh, it's just amazing the, the, the depth of what you can find here in California. I mean, of course, you know, who knew that there was this whole other place that was probably, you know, 50 or 60 miles away from uh, Napa and Sonoma that also produces great wine. We're not talking about one or two wineries. We're talking about several wineries producing great stuff. Um, so it's a really wonderful way to kind of maybe end your road trip or maybe have, have your whole road trip just exploring these various vineyards and, uh, and farms that just produce amazing stuff. Fabulous. I can't stress the enjoyment of doing those two-week loops. They were just extraordinary. And, of course, you can pick up a different American car every time. You have to know the road rules. What is it, 50 kilometers? No, 50 miles an hour is the top yeah, speed. Yeah, usually 55, right, 55 usually, yeah. Yeah, so we just have to translate that from miles per hour into kilometres when an hour when we get over there. Now, the other thing about California is it's a sort of, people think theme parks with Disneyland and Universal Studios there. But if if we're going with the family and we're going to those places, what else is there in California that you think is specifically wonderful for families? Hmm. Okay, for families. Um, well, yeah, there's, of course, the amusement parks and everything like that. But so, you know, there's a, there's a wonderful resource of Atlas Obscura, I don't know if you've heard of, of them, if they've done things in Australia, but they are basically go around and find kind of strange places to visit that are kind of, you know, a little weird, but also really interesting. And depending upon, you know, maybe the how old your kids are and if they kind of have that kind of slant um, going through the Atlas Obscura, there, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, places that that Atlas Obscura has found in California that are just very odd and interesting that uh, that you're say you're probably like your teenagers might might get a kick out of. As far as like young kids go, that's let me think about that for a minute. I mean, Ooh. I always love the beaches. I mean, I yeah. love going to the beach. So I think like a beach vacation for young kids would probably be wonderful. Now let's move on from the kids to the grown-ups at the minute because we all love to think about ourselves. Now California and Californian music, LA Sound, 
that has just, you know, ruled the world for as long as it has. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what festivals there are, and now what the music scene is like across California? It must be just extraordinary, Soterius, is it? It is, actually. It is. You know, up here where I am in Sacramento, for example, I was just floored by how much local talent there is. Um, there are just, you know, small bands that have a local following, but they are just you know, world-class musicians playing everything from like bluegrass to rock to, to heavy metal to, uh, you know, classical music. So it's, it's just really, it's astonishing. And of course there are all kinds of, uh, music scene festivals going on. I'm sure everybody's probably heard of Coachella, which takes place every April in the greater Palm Springs area. But there's, you know, you can find a festival like that for practically any genre across the state there's there's another one called stagecoach which is a country and western music festival that comes right after coachella in the same location um and also of course like monterey's jazz festival is very famous bottle rock is another one in napa valley uh which you know saw the likes of mumford and sons and pharrell williams headline this year back in may so kind of almost any kind of music that that you're interested in you will be able to find a music festival that will appeal to you. You probably have to time your trip for you know to make it there when it's happening. But there's just uh, there's such a variety. So, do you think it's still l- uh, ruling the world? LA Sound, etc., with the Eagles, the likes of. Yeah, I mean, I hey, I mean, I grew up listening to it, and I it's one of my favorite sounds, and I I can't imagine it not ruling the world. I mean, of course, there are new sounds as well coming out of California. Um, so it's just the place that, you know, if you want to make music, it's one of the places on earth that you kind of almost have to come to. Um, there's just so much creativity and production going on that, uh, this is the place you need to be. Okay. And then I'm going to one last wonderful thing about California. It's national parks. Oh yeah. Let us hear about them. Well, you know, California is blessed with nine national parks, which is the most of any state in the United States. I mean, um, there's Yosemite, there's Joshua Tree, uh, there's Redwood uh, National Park, there's Death Valley. So you can kind of go from, again, from desert to amazing kind of canyons to, uh, you know, forests to the Channel Islands is, is a national park. There's such a variety. And to have you know, miles and miles and miles of preserved nature that is made accessible to people is just, I mean, it's just an amazing thing to be able to experience nature. And, you know, you can definitely, I mean, there there are other people around, I mean, enjoying it, but you can also kind of go off and just be alone in nature because these areas are so large. So if you wanted to take, you know, a short hike, you really can kind of get into the woods, you can get into the desert and it's just something that is so hard to get in our modern, you know, lifestyles. It's a difficult thing when you're making a decision to come to the US because it is such an extraordinary country, whichever whichever area you choose to visit. But you could spend pretty much a whole year in California and find something new and wonderful every single day. I bet that's the truth. Oh, you're absolutely right. I've been here about three years almost. And I feel like I've barely scratched to the surface. So, so yes, you're right. I mean, you could, you could definitely come here for a long period of time or many times 
and just get a whole different slice of life. Soterios, thank you very much. It's very difficult to talk to you and not want to get on the aircraft right this minute and fly into Los Angeles. <laughs> we didn't even discuss gorgeous places like San Francisco or down there in San Diego and uh, going up north again, as you mentioned, to wonderful Monterey and Carmel and all those places. Exquisite. Oh, yes exquisite part of America. I wanted to mention, we were talking about road trips, but if anyone's interested in planning a California road trip, Visit California has actually just launched this new road trips bookazine. It's kind of a mix between a book and a magazine, and there are 50 road trips in there that uh, you can kind of take a look at, whether you want to take like a movie location road trip or a foodie road trip or any kind of road trip. There are 50 of them in there, and all people need to do is go over to visitcalifornia.com. Thank you, because that'll give a lot of people wonderful choice and an exceptionally good trip if they come. Soterius, thank you very much. What, what, what lovely thoughts about California that we have. And fingers crossed that a lot of people take those road trips because they are just the best thing to do. Thank you so much, Julia. It was a real pleasure. Now, Ben, have I got a treat installed for you because we're about to talk to Dave Potter, who's a Californian winemaker and he has a simply fascinating history. He's the owner of Municipal Winemakers and Potec Winery, both in Santa Barbara, which we haven't talked a lot about in America today, but we should. Now, Dave, hello to you. Today, it's all about sunny, splendid California. Now, you're a Californian native, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. What makes um, them so good, those California wines, Dave? It's it's hard to sort of pinpoint what makes Californian wines in general so great. Um, but I will say that the sort of unifying theme is, is kind of our Mediterranean climate and our proximity to the coast, uh, which has a real sort of, you know, we have warm days, cool nights. We have marine influence with uh, lots of fog and, and, you know, those sort of factors together, as well as essentially living in, in what we call a coastal desert, you know, so we're... We don't get a lot of rainfall. Grapes like a bit of dryness during harvest, some sunshine, and, and you know some some coolness from the from the ocean. Give us a red, white, and a well, sparkling. I, <laughs> I definitely think you should be uh, focused on Santa Barbara because that's where I think the most exciting wines in the state are. Mm-hmm. I may be biased there, but that's all right. Uh, well, we should start with sparkling. Um, uh, I have a couple friends uh, that, ma- that have a uh, wine and cider brand called Scar of the Sea, and they make a, a tremendous uh, pet net from Chardonnay, which is basically a sparkling wine in a more sort of rustic style that's bottled at the end of fermentation as opposed to going through a second fermentation like traditional champagne. Mm-hmm. And and what does that do to the flavor or, or actually the, the wine in your mouth, the sparkling wine in your mouth? It's uh, it's super, it's super fresh and bright. Um, it's 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 from a vineyard called Bienacito, which is very coastal. So the the fruit has like a saltiness to it. Um, it's almost like a savory sort of style, but also very very clean and, and tasty. Let's see, a white. Uh, my friend Ernst Storm, who's actually from South Africa, who's making wine in, in California, uh, makes tremendous uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Again, very fresh, crisp. Um, intensely flavorful wines that uh, have like really nice, pretty purity and balance to them. And a red? I've got a friend down the road, Drake Whitcraft, who makes these um, really lo-fi, low-technology wines. You know, they're not to say that <laughs> our wines are high-tech in any way, but he's barely, he's barely got a, 
um, any equipment. He just sort of like foot stomps everything uh, unfiltered, um, and he makes a Grenache from a site called Stoltman that's um, super clear and light. It's a it's a Grenache that's you know full of flavor, um, but also has you know it it has both freshness, brightness, and uh, good sort of energy to it. That sounds good. The Grenache sounds yeah. fine, doesn't it? Now, we, because we've been also talking about what you eat when you come to California and we've sort of gone all over California a little bit and we need to talk about yeah. Santa Barbara before we leave you or you leave us. Um, you have a tasting room, we believe. Is that because how, how you think wines should be matched to food is really important? What's your tasting room all about? So we've, we have, do we have a taste room for each of our wine brands? Uh, one for municipal, one for Potec. The municipal taste room is, is right by the beach. Uh, we have, uh, lots of food trucks. We have a regular, uh, every weekend we've got a guy that does oysters and lobster rolls, mm-hmm. um, with super yeah. fresh seafood. Lobster yeah, rolls. Yeah. Uh, is that a food oh, truck? Oh, yeah. It's a, it, it, you know, he just sets up, he's got, he just brings a, a barbecue and a tent and just, Parks it out front. It's, uh, it's Santa Barbara's yeah. street food. Yeah, yeah his his <laughs> company's called Broad Street Oyster. You should check it out on Instagram. Wow. Um, and then at Potec, we're um, we're we've in this we're in this cool sort of you know light industrial. I guess you could call it like a complex. We're next to a microbrewery, um, and so we have a we have a chef actually on staff. We do little nibbles. Um, and then the brewery has sort of like more pub grub kind of stuff that's available, uh, if you want a, a more sort of, you know, full on meal. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, wine is meant to be, you know, consumed in with food. It's part of a meal. Going all over California, as I said, if, if you're an Australian and it's the first time you're going to be visiting that beautiful part of America, just yeah. quickly, what would your three top tips be about drinking wine across the state? Um, so for me, I mean, not to talk, I, I think the most exciting sort of wines are, are coming out of the more coastal, cooler climate regions. Um, and then sort of where we are, there's a bit more value for money. So Napa obviously is a machine. It's very well known. Um, the, the most famous sort of chateaus are in Napa, but the vibe is a bit more buttoned up. Um, so I, you know, it, for me, it's exciting to be sort of a bit further south and closer to the coast and, and the wines are a bit more exciting and more approachable and a bit more casual, you know, more, it's, it's a little like Margaret River in a way. Are there lots of places to stay in Santa Barbara if we were driving through and pulling into town? Is it that kind of in Santa Barbara proper? There, yeah, there's there's heaps. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 lots of hotels. Um, They can be a bit pricey. That's the that's the only thing that's tough about Santa Barbara is it. Uh it, You know, it's it's uh it's close to L.A. It's very easy to get to from L.A. It's only about an hour and a half away uh, by car, and you can actually catch the the Amtrak train from downtown, and it drops you literally. You know, half a block from where our wine tasting room is, and right where all the hotels are, and that sort of thing. Um, And yeah, there there are heaps of hotels. Well, Dave, we hope you come, and thank you very much for what you've told us. There, we're going to send people to Santa Barbara, and your municipal winemakers and Potec Winery, because it seems like they're going to have a very good time there, and they're just probably going to have to look around to find somewhere in Santa Barbara that's not way too expensive. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, there's there's lots of value to be had as well, and and I, you know I think uh, you will not be disappointed if you uh, make a trip to Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, I recommend. Yeah. I recommend it. And cheers to you. Well, we're here to talk to Carl Connaughton, who has some pretty serious food shops and is also here to put California on a plate for us. We're so excited. Kyle, it's funny, when I think of Californian food, food, I kind of have this, there's a vibe around Californian food, but I can't quite picture what it is. It seems to be this mix of, uh, you know, local ingredients with a a huge number of influences from places like um, Japan and Mexico, uh, for example. What does Californian food mean to you? Yeah, well, thanks, uh, first off, for for having me. Really um, great to speak with you. I think, you know, California cuisine is defined uh, you know, individually by, uh, you know, by those, uh, who are making it and, you know, whether, uh, you know, they're cooking, you know, a very sort of rustic food or, you know, fine dining or, you know, Asian inspired or Latin, you know, inspired, there's so many different things. I think that fall, you know, equally and, and, um, and, and very beautifully under the sort of banner of California cuisine. So sort of, um, anything goes really by the sounds. Um, yeah, it really is. You know, if you think about, you know, some of the great cuisine cultures of, uh, you know, of the world that are very much defined by their long, you know, sort of histories and legacies, you know, here we're, you know, we're a very young, uh, uh, you know, state, uh, here on, on the, you know, in, in the West and, and we have had so many people, you know, uh, you know, come here and it's been a, a place of growth and cultural, um, diversity. And so, uh, you know, we, uh, we sort of write, we write our own story. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, and I think we share that with you and uh, in that very much. So in Australia, and I've been, you know, Australia many times, and that is something that California and, and Australia really share is that, that sort of melting pots of culture that, that drive and, and, and shape the cuisine. And, and talking about, um, following the seasons, if Julia and I had been at a table in, um, single thread restaurant tonight and we both dearly wish that we had been um what might we have seen uh come across on our plates and what's happening on the farm at the moment what's growing out uh, on the single thread farm that your wife is looking after oh yeah well it's such an exciting time here i mean we're so uh it's so amazing here that we you know we can grow all year round in our in our winters are very mild and we have an amazing sort of mediterranean climate here and great weather um, and, and water all year round, um, where we are. So, you know, every season is an exciting season and we don't have, uh, snow where we are here in wine country, but it's really hard to beat the beginning of summer, which is where we are now, you know, at the beginning of July where tomatoes are just starting to happen. My wife has about 300 tomato plants and over 30 different varieties mm. of heirloom tomatoes. So that's really exciting because that's just happening in the sweet, this week, all the stone fruits, all the peaches. And nectarines and plums that we're really famous for here uh, in in our area are all happening. You know, all the berries and the summer squash, and I mean, it's just you're kind of we're kind of spoiled for choice, and it just gets it's such an exciting time right now in the kitchen because there's so many different things happening. These tiny baby sweet uh, uh, corn uh, that's uh, being harvested right now. It's just you know, kind of every day is like a new adventure because you're just you're just trying to like get it all on the menu because you're so excited about everything. <laughs> so, and of course, sorry, just I'm just going to say you say tomato and we say tomato. <laughs> Do you say potato or we say potato? No, we don't. No, sorry, don't, no, we don't. I, we don't. I, uh, Back to you, Ben. No, I was just <laughs> going to ask. Um, all those ingredients and all that produce sounded amazing. Is there was there one dish tonight at service that kind of brought a few of those things together? 
Well, um, I'm really excited about um, a dish right now that we have, which is all of the different summer squash uh, that my wife is growing right now. I think maybe you call those courgettes, uh, but all of the different um, types of zucchinis and these patty pan squash. And she's got about seven different varieties. So we're doing a dish with that has a different preparation for all of the different uh, varieties so we can serve them all at one time. And then we have uh, a black cod, which is a local uh, fish uh, here that we smoke in these uh, earthenware Japanese uh, clay pot uh, smokers over cherry blossom wood. Mm. Uh, we bring that out to the table so the guests can have like the aroma of the cherry blossom wood and the smoke on the fish. And then we put that in the bowl with all the squash and then our broth uh, uh, made with a bit of the squash uh, for the fish and some fresh lemongrass and lemon verbena uh, and lemon balm uh, from our farm. And then uh, on the side, we serve that with uh, very lightly tempura fried squash blossoms. So you're getting all of the different sort of like aspects of everything that's uh, in the squash family coming from the farm all at one time. So it's that's that's pretty exciting. Amazing, for us. amazing. What are we drinking with that? What would be a, a good uh, wine to have um, alongside that? Yeah, that's uh, that's great. I, that's funny because I'm actually sitting here drinking a glass uh, of it right now. We're drinking a uh, we're, we're pouring on our pairing with that a uh, a Chardonnay from an amazing local producer. Um, that we absolutely love here called uh, Black Kite. It's just one of the great. We're, we're in Sonoma County, which is uh, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay country. So uh, it's really a great uh, dish um, uh, to you know, pair with our local Chardonnay here. Hey, Kyle, there are um, plenty of really big name, famous restaurants in California. And so we're after a recommendation for our listeners if they were to pick one restaurant right now for a real splurge on a night out in um, in California. What could you give us a couple of suggestions? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I love to promote obviously our, you know, our local, you know, what we call the Bay Area, which is, you know, sort of San Francisco, you know, area and, you know, us north in uh, uh in wine country, mm-hmm. you know, one of the chefs who sort of changed the face of American cooking, not too far from us uh, in the Napa Valley, uh, Thomas Keller at the French Laundry. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is every foodie's uh, must do <laughs> pilgrimage in California. It's the restaurant that, you know, everyone who loves food should eat at at least one time in their in their life mm-hmm. to go to the French Laundry. Um, it's such a it's such an important and uh, inspiring place. And I, actually, yesterday, my wife and I just were over there um, celebrating their um, their 25th uh, uh, anniversary. They had their 25th anniversary party. So, wow. you know, 25 years later, and they're, you know, they're, they're better than ever. Last question, Kyle. Um, a hidden gem anywhere in the States that somebody should go to to eat, do you think, apart from your fabulous single thread? Well, I I have a you know a restaurant that I have this uh, my wife and I have this amazing soft spot in our in our heart for that's doing just the most incredible food and really and and has been uh, you know recognized and every time I go there you, it, you just see all of the you know these food people and I'll see chefs who will kind of make a special trip there or you know food journalists or everything and it's a very unassuming uh, restaurant uh, in in wine country. Um, it's called El Molino Central, which means uh, the central mill uh, in Spanish. And it is incredibly authentic, um, uh, for the most part, Oaxacan uh, cooking uh, mm. uh, from the Oaxaca part of uh, Mexico. Incredible handmade tortillas, just beautiful sh- food. You know, what people, most people know about, uh, you know, Mexican food is about, you know, tacos and burritos and these kinds of things, which, of course, we love 
and are amazing and they do incredible um you know tacos there but some of the deeply soulful dishes of uh, of mexican um of cooking uh are, you know are being made there that show just the real complexity and the sophistication of um that type of Mexican cooking. So if you are up in the wine country area of Napa or Sonoma and you want just an incredible place uh, in a really great uh, um, uh, community, um, uh, El Molino Central is, uh, is the place to go. El Molino Central, that's good to know. Thank I you. I am definitely ready for a special trip, Julia. How about oh, you? Oh, yes, absolutely. But it's very good to hear about the Mexican food as well, especially the authentic. Kyle, thank you very much for joining us. It's thank been you. lovely to listen to you. And thank your wife as well, especially for those tomatoes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks thank for you. having me. Thanks, and I hope you, come, uh, I hope, uh, you all uh, come and visit us in California. We yeah. absolutely will. Thank you very much, all right. Kyle. All the best. So good, Ben, and we'll be back next week with Taste Bud Traveller, thank goodness, because it's such fun. Meanwhile, if you can't wait and want some more information, go to bhg.com.au forward slash tastebud hyphen traveller or click the link in the show notes. Absolutely. And as always, don't forget to subscribe um, and rate and review the podcast. We absolutely love hearing from our listeners. See you all next week. <laughs>